With independent retailers under pressure, the interest in shopping local has arguably never been greater. With consumers keen to support merchants in their community, a local startup is helping retailers connect with those prospective customers. AirBrowse uses geofencing technology to notify individuals of special promotions and offerings from retailers in their immediate area. But bringing any big idea to market requires technical talent, investments in business development, and marketing prowess. A lot of hats for just one entrepreneur to wear. We'll be learning more about AirBrowse, as well as exploring some common HR questions facing startups this week on Techopia Live. Welcome to Techopia Live. I'm Peter Kavesti from the Ottawa Business Journal, and I'm joined today by two fantastic guests. We have Michael Bernatowski, the co-founder of Airbrows Mobile Technologies, as well as, as well as Jessica Barrow, a lawyer at Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall, which is one of the sponsors of Techopia Live. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Peter. Jessica, let's start with you. Can you tell us briefly about Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall and how it works with local tech companies? Sure, thank you. Uh, Pearlie Robertson is a full service firm, so we, we provide a variety of services. We've worked quite extensively with the tech community and in particular with tech startups. Uh, in terms of the types of services we provide, um, because we're full service, we really tailor uh, and accommodate our legal services to the needs of the company, but it could be corporate law, intellectual property, employment law, and really, uh, like I said, a full service. Great. Michael, when we first met, uh, you were the director of the Entrepreneurship Center at uh, Invest Ottawa's uh, predecessor. Now you're back at the home of, uh, of a startup. Can you just very briefly uh, tell us what is Airbrows and how does it work? Absolutely, Peter. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you did a good introduction uh, to Airbrows, actually. Uh, but it, uh, Airbrows is essentially a, a marketing and sales tool that we've developed for local businesses, for the SMEs that are if you will, main street businesses. Uh, and we've developed this as a mobile application. So every business that's within Airbrows basically has their own mobile app with which to promote and sell locally in order to drive sales. Now, some would argue you're entering a space that's uh, home to some of this big social media uh, bohemus. Uh, tell us, how do you uh, differentiate uh, your, yourself from the likes of Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We, we don't uh, rely on social likes um, in terms of branding a business. We prefer to have sales coming into a business. And that's what we've been focusing on with Airbrows. Uh, we don't uh, partake in having mass amount of posts uh, coming into a user base. Uh, we are strictly geofence, as you mentioned in your intro. So that when a person comes into a designated area, a business zone, if you will, or a BIA zone here in Ottawa, uh, they get pronged or pinged with promotions, activity that are within reach of that consumer. And this is not necessarily what's happening, what we figured and we've witnessed with uh, Instagram and Facebook. And plus, on top of that, the posts and promotions that a business does stays within the community. So it basically will be within that district for a longer period of time and they don't get lost uh, within a maraud of posts or uh, that are in Instagram or on Facebook. So your message doesn't get lost. 
so that's a really great, great overview. I'm, you know, I'm really curious to go a little bit uh, sort of behind the scenes and understand just a little bit more about the process of of building a, building a startup. Um, again, once you have that uh, that idea, of course, you need the, the technical development. You need, uh, you know, those the partnerships. Uh, you need the, the marketing. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about your 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 journey. Once you sort of had the idea for uh, for for the company, how did you build out your team? How did you uh, increase the, uh, the the bench strength uh, to get uh, the the the, uh, the company? To where it is now sure well the good thing with uh, starting out what i would suggest with anyone is to get another partner and get, get a co-founder so you're not alone in the journey uh, there's someone else that you bounce ideas with and uh, luckily i have a, a, a business partner in carol lair uh, who has extensive experience with retail and she was a retailer for 25 plus years and had several businesses. So I gave a good insight as to what are the needs of the local businesses? What do they really need in today's world to help drive sales? So that was the first thing. And then we developed from there the concept of what is now Airbrows through various iterations. Uh, but that was the main thing was to get a, a good business partner that has experience that is different than mine, quite frankly. And from there, then we are, neither of us are software engineers or developers. So that was a challenge, but we were able to get a good team together through our own networks and bring people on board who really believed in our cause in terms of helping, not to sound like it's a big uh, uh, mantra to be too macro on it, but to save Main Street. And that's what we're trying to do. Jessica, let's bring you into the, the conversation. You know, something that I often see in you know reporting on uh, uh, tech companies is that as they grow, uh, there's there's often use of contractors, right, to tap into uh, the expertise, you know, of uh, of others while you're still at at an early stage. What should entrepreneurs know about engaging uh, contractors? Sure. Yeah. Obviously, there's a huge benefit to the use of contractors, particularly in the startup context given that you're not necessarily prepared at that point to be committing long-term to an employment relationship, or you might need someone on a very short-term basis for a very specific need. The challenge with that um, from a legal perspective is that there can sometimes be a fairly fine line between what constitutes an employee and what constitutes an independent contractor. And if the employer gets that wrong, then there's potential liability issues. So there's a whole host of things that an employer could do to protect themselves, to kind of stay as far away from the line as possible. Um, but the top two that I would, I would point out to employers is number one, have a really strong contract in place. The purpose of that obviously is to protect yourself legally, as well as to really understand from the get-go as between the parties, what your intentions are and what everyone's roles ought to be in that situation. And then number two, I would say that probably the number one factor that is going to be looked at by courts in terms of whether the individual is an employee or an independent contractor is the level of control that's exercised over the individual. So it's kind of irrelevant at that point what the actual title of the individual is, and it really comes down to that level of control. So for example, does the individual have control over when and how and where they perform the services? Um, do they have control over, to a certain extent, like a risk and profit uh, system as it relates to the way that they're getting paid? Um, do they have control over their own tools or technologies that they're using to perform the services. Um, so really the more control that's exercised by the employer, um, the more inclined a court's likely to say, 
they're more like an employee and then you might have some liability issues there. So now, of, of course, the, the wrinkle to all this is that any business never stands still. Nothing's ever static. And uh, that's going to be doubly true for a uh, for, for an early stage uh, company. Um, Michael, I first want you to sort of set the stage a little bit. The um, the, the market that you're targeting, uh, the company, the, the retail sector, uh, 2020 was quite the tumultuous year for uh, for, for retailers and merchants. Uh, health regulations constantly changing. Tell us a little bit how that played out in your corner. How did Airbrows uh, evolve throughout uh, 2020? Yeah, thanks. Yes, it, and it did, and it played a, a factor in how we're uh, where we're at now with Airbrows. Uh, we were about to launch just prior to the shutdown. I remember the date was March 13th. Everything shut down. We were about to go live on uh, on the App Store and Google with our first iteration of uh, of this new design of Airbrows, and uh, it was strictly to get people to walk in and to get foot traffic for those businesses within those business districts. So it was. Uh, notifications, push notifications, still GeoZone, but it was really to drive traffic into stores. Well, obviously um, that put a bit of a crunch into our plans. We went back, we didn't launch, we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what do we need now in terms of a, of a platform? What is gonna be beneficial to the businesses? So we, over the course of a number of months and in the summer, we designed uh, Airbrows to have not only the ability for business to allow people to come in and do a promotion or a campaign that brings draws people into the store, but they can also sell now via curbside and or online, fully online as an online uh, store. All through the mobile app, everything is done through the application uh, of, uh, of the business. So we had to go back to the drawing board and redesign this and redevelop it. We did talk with a lot of our business partners, uh, the businesses that are on, they helped us along the way, of course, in terms of what should this design look like and what is going to be beneficial to them. And we launched basically just prior to Christmas. It took that long. But uh, yeah, the COVID has not helped. And yet in another way, it's kind of reinforced the need for this buy and support local, which you don't often see uh, on social media. Because again, the social media platforms do not necessarily fit the buy sell local. Jessica, let, let's get your perspective on that. Uh, in any fast-moving startup, there's a lot of great ideas uh, coming uh, to, to the surface. Um, if a startup is using uh, or does have some contractors on their team, what should an entrepreneur or business owner know to make sure all those great ideas, all that intellectual property stays within the company? Yeah, so like I said earlier, one of the number one ways an employer uh, or a company can protect themselves is to have a really solid contract in place. And that's the same whether you're dealing with independent contractors or whether you're dealing with employees. And in both contexts, particularly in the context of tech companies, but truly all companies really have to try to protect that technology that they're developing or whatever new ideas are flowing from the work. So in terms of independent, independent contractors in particular, the contract really should be very clear about the nature of the service that's being provided. And in the context of that service, that any ideas or technologies or work that's being conducted by the contractor, um, the, the rights of that are really owned exclusively by the employer. And we definitely recommend that that type of provision be included in any contract and particularly in the context of independent contractors where it's a little bit um, more confusing sort of where the the ownership may lay. And so, um, yes, it's certainly in the, in the context of independent contractors that contract's gonna be a little extra important. 
That's a great, uh, great takeaway. Uh, Michael, we only have a moment left. So just uh, just to close, give us a bit of a look ahead to 2021. What can we expect to uh, to see and hear from uh, from Airbrows in the, uh, the months ahead? Well, we're looking at, uh, we currently have all of Ottawa zoned uh, in terms of uh, geo zones. And we're working with the businesses here, the business community here. Uh, we've started to move into the GTA. We do have a couple of businesses that are uh, testing out our platform now as well as Montreal and what we hope to by the end of the year is to expand into other cities across Canada. Fantastic. Well, we're definitely looking yeah. forward to uh, to hearing more about those uh, those uh, expansions uh, in, the, in the month ahead. Thank you so much, Peter. And thank you very much, Jessica, for joining us as well. Thank you very much for having me. Before I let you go, I just want to take a moment to thank all of our sponsors, without whom this show would not be possible. We have Number Crunch offering virtualized CFO services for SaaS companies, TD Bank with specialized programs for tech firms, the University of Ottawa's Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent, Stratford Managers, providing services to help you scale your tech venture. And we were joined today by Pearlie Robertson Hill and McDougall, a leader in business and tech law. Techopia is not just this great show. We're posting news articles daily on obj.ca slash techopia. We're on social media at techopia OTT. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. I'm Peter Cavesi from the Ottawa Business Journal. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back again in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Techopia Live.